Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Entertainment of Accents, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Molly. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about the 1993 film Falling Down. This will contain spoilers. Falling Down is the story of a man who we only know by his number plate as Defense, uh, who just kind of starts going a bit whack and and smashing stuff and shooting people and that. And yes. it's all to try and get home to, well, get home in quotation marks to his ex-wife and child who have a restraining order on him. Uh, and then there's also a policeman, and it's like his last day, and he's trying to take him down. Oh yeah, yep. Policeman is played by it's the um, actor who played the lawyer in Godfather. I recognised him. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> nice. So, uh, I thought that the story was pretty good the plot yeah. was fairly tight you know simple straightforward he needs to get from a to b and cause as much havoc as possible on the way um, yeah i feel like it, it did, did a good that. job with such a sort of basic story um but uh like just that opening scene uh I think does a great job of sort of building that sense of kind of chaos and uh, you sort of see his reaction and initially you don't really know whether to sympathise with him or not because um, I'm sure we'll come on to it but there's quite a lot of stuff that he's kind of fighting against a lot of these kind of flaws in society but uh, as it goes on you start to kind of root less for his character I'd say he's He's sort of, uh, I wouldn't say he's like the hero of the story at all, especially when you're like at the end of the film. Yeah, yeah, it's. I I especially like that opening sequence, like the the editing of it. It really like built up that sort of tension you'd have like if you were stuck in a in a traffic jam for like hours, um, and like it's somehow managed to in the space of like what two minutes make you re- like really empathize with them which obviously disappears when he starts uh beating <laughs> beating people up and shooting them uh yeah indeed but like at the start of the film like you you do seem to sympathize with them a lot um so yeah <laughs> you did, yeah uh it's kind of I did, you kind of find out more about him as it goes on, which I liked the style of, because then, you know, because he kept having to bring that briefcase with him everywhere, and you kind of have the whole thing of, why well, has he got a briefcase everywhere? 
and then when he gives it to that guy in the park and then he opens it and it's literally just like a, a packed lunch in there. And then you're like, yeah. well, why is there just a packed lunch in this briefcase? And then you find out that because he was fired but was pretending to have his job for his mum. So, and then it's like, oh, and a lot of the pieces start fitting together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think that it all the action scenes were like pretty intense, like especially the drive-by shooting bit where he ends up shooting the guy in the leg. That was pretty. Uh, I thought that that worked well, and they also managed to have like the tension and kind of like the comedy as well, like especially in the like Whammy Burger or whatever place it was. Yeah, when he's just like pulling out this machine gun accidentally, like shoots the roof. He's like, oh, sensitive trigger, sorry, and then <laughs> and then there's like. He he's, says that he wants the manager to prepare his meal for him, but the manager's just stood there and shocks all the employees of having to like put the order in his hands. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's kind of <laughs> funny joke. Yeah, I'd say this is um, it's not listed as a comedy, and I wouldn't say it is a comedy, but I definitely think it's got more elements, kind of dark comedy, than if you compare it to something like Gone Girl, where people are arguing that that was a comedy. I think that this is definitely um. Just the fact that he kind of these massive uh, like overreactions to quite uh, like seemingly kind of trivial um, problems, but then you start to like it, I think it does a good blend of some elements it treats more lightly and like comically, but then some are a lot more serious. And I do think that um, like especially in that that scene with the breakfast thing, that's something that. It's like less than five minutes after I think half eleven when they stop serving breakfast, and on the face of it, you know that's some that's kind of a stupid issue and it's quite comedic. But I think the 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 way that it deals it with it at times is uh is quite intense and it's able to like build a lot of sort of tension with his character and the way he reacts to it. Yeah. <laughs> So, sorry about all these awkward pauses. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be like personally, I'm trying to do a thing where I don't waffle on too much about like nothing and then drift off the point. But uh, I feel like everyone's just tired. <laughs> I liked the thing with the the policeman who it was his last day retiring, and I felt like he was the most fleshed out character in terms of uh, his like dead daughter and why he wanted to stay at a desk job and like if it's to do if if his wife is controlling and stuff like that i thought that um he was prendergast that's it he he was a pretty good character yeah i mean i feel like i'd i'd maybe wanted to see a little bit more of kind of that dynamic with his wife because you, you saw it in like the the phone call stuff and i really liked in that final scene where he's talking about his daughter's death but uh i agree that he was um probably the most interesting part of this maybe i, I don't know i feel like he worked well but it, some parts were a bit underdeveloped i felt yeah i mean mm. at the start of the film when it was clear that the policeman uh pentagrass is was his last day I, i'm not gonna say i was like 
not optimistic because the film has seemed to be doing very well so far but i was kind of like it seems like a bit of a cliche it's like it's the 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 policeman's last day and then it suddenly gets this big story uh with this big villain and he takes him down and then retires yeah it seems like a bit of a cliche but it was done really well here um so no complaints yeah i just instantly assumed he was gonna die yeah yeah it kind of reminds me a bit of uh no country for old men with like the retiring officer who's like trying to chase down the guy but obviously because they're both well i guess like neither of, it's a bit ambiguous whether they could be considered as villains or heroes i definitely don't think that uh he's presented as a hero at all but it's not necessarily a villain because he's kind of out of his depth and uh you know, it's like a, a genuine sense of frustration, which isn't presented as like fully justified, but uh, you kind of at times understand where he's coming from. And at times it could be argued that he is doing the right thing, like when he kills the, the Nazi that like takes him down to his basement. Yeah. Yeah. But he does kind of start off just smashing up someone's shop because... Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not attacking you, Ollie. I'm just saying it for the audience. Yeah. I'm on a podcast um... with a Nazi and uh <laughs> what what are you? Some kind of unhinged psychopath? No, I'm just not economically viable, that's uh... the problem. Yeah, oh, not economically. Did, did viable. you guys notice that the the black guy um, who was brought in the phrase not economically viable when he was complaining about the loans was dressed identical to defense. Ooh. Yeah. That was kind of epic. Yeah. It was. It was. <laughs> Especially seen as like the th- what he was wearing was quite significant seen as that was like the thing that was used to describe him throughout and the fact that you, when you get that revelation that he isn't working, that kind of makes it more shocking, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it, the character of defense and is it's supposed to be like a way for you to look internally on yourself because there's a point where I think he says something like, uh, yeah, he says, like, I'm the bad guy. How did that happen? But then when you've seen him, like, looking back on the videotapes of his wife and kid, he obviously had um, some kind of, like, anger problems. Like, he was just really overreacting when his daughter wouldn't go on, like, a toy horse he bought her and things like that and would make these situations uncomfortable. So I think it's more supposed, like, the characters used to, um, like, assess yourself and make sure that you're not doing anything kind of dodgy. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to, say, what to say other than just dodgy. Yeah, because it, it definitely, um, you know, at first I thought that he'd kind of like, when you see him in the traffic, I thought they, that would sort of act as a catalyst to set him off and he kind of, uh, he, he's like protesting against all these th- and irritating things. Like the first thing that, is the obviously the traffic and then the overpriced stuff in the shop and then the um like the breakfast thing but it is definitely not presented as something that he you know is shown to have been dealing with these problems for ages and when you 
look back at uh, when he's um, watching those old videos from like a past birthday, you can definitely see that um, he's kind of a bit unstable and volatile, I guess. And the uh, that's why um, you're able to sympathize more with his wife, who kind of shows a genuine sense of fear when uh, he's like she suspects that he's returning to the house. He's definitely driven by like his own uh like motives and yeah that's definitely i guess like a way of you looking at yourself and thinking you know obviously not going to be this extreme but like yeah i definitely agree that it's like looking at your own behavior through this character yeah because he definitely didn't seem to notice that he was sort of going insane like it seemed to be just he completely snapped um, and didn't, like, I don't want to say look at his own actions, like, but it was it was more like, it, for him, it was a gradual process, but for, obviously, like, the rest of the world, um, he just snapped and then started uh, smashing up the guy's shop and... After that, it just got worse and worse. Um, yeah. And and obviously, there's that whole theme of uh, past the point of no return, where, like, when he finally did realise, like, that he'd snapped, he realised that there was no way he could go back from it anymore. Um, so... He kind of, like, chose not to change anything and chose to, like, keep going and then got surprised in the end when it was like actually explaining to him how it was affecting his family and everything yeah he kind of seemed to embrace that role of a, a villain almost and uh you know he as he like got these opportunities he could i wouldn't necessarily say that at the start he was reluctant but he obviously started to get a lot more like when you see him at the like walking through the golf course and um he basically kills that guy because uh, he's he like shoots the golf buggy and uh, oh yeah he has a heart attack he's shown to be like really kind of sociopathic there and uh kind of like you know at the start you could sort of say he's out of his depth but here it looks like he's kind of sadistic he's almost looks like he's like enjoying this and uh yeah, I guess he's like sort of embracing that role as he starts to realise that, as you were saying, he can't turn back. Yeah. What did you think of the the final scene? Well, uh, not the final scene, but like his final scene. Where he falls down. He... Ooh. He does fall down. He falls down. He falls down. This is the moment the movie became fallen down. Damn. Ooh. Yeah. What do you think of it then? I asked. Well, I thought, I, he, I guess he'd just given up and he was like, "Yeah, shoot me, whatever," because he's like, "Oh, I've got a gun," and it was a water gun or whatever. I don't know if he was trying to make a point and make the policeman like feel guilty because he, I mean, he did just threaten to shoot him. So, yeah, I, I feel, I feel like maybe, I could be reading this wrong, but maybe he'd um, sort of 
slightly realised the impact he was having on his family and like didn't want to live with that anymore. So kind of just like went through the whole thing to commit suicide. Mm. Yeah. Because he had that thing where he was like, I don't want to... He was questioning whether he wanted to watch his daughter grow up and he said not in jail. So, um, yeah, I guess he's sort of like realising the like the destructive impact that he's having. So he's kind of giving up. Yeah, he's past mm. the point of no return. He can't he return. He's no, fallen, he's fallen down. down. There are a lot of falling down references throughout the movie. I've got a, I've got a little trivia thing here. Uh, London Bridge. Yeah, obviously London Bridge. Uh, that uh, snow globe he gets has London Bridge in it. Um, obviously, mm. when he was with the Nazi, um, it was uh, he couldn't move one of his hands because he'd fall down. Um, and then when he asks oh, yeah. the worker what what's wrong with the street, and he's like, I don't know, I'm just keeping people from falling in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, was that? Were there any more? Uh, the P- Pendergrass retirement cake had a bridge on it. Uh, uh, well, that's because. They and were guess what? Guess bridge. what happens when he when he punches when he punches his chief onto the he falls onto the cake and knocks the bridge down. Oh. Whoa. When he blows up the phone booth, a guy falls off his bicycle. I think this is pushing it a bit here, but like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, How the many director... times does he fall down in the movie? I don't know. We should at least once. Should have had a cal. <laughs> at least once. Mm, indeed. More than zero times because he did fall down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how many times did he fall down? Well, literally. I guess you have to watch the movie and see. Question. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I need to watch the movie too. Yeah, I've not actually movie. seen the movie. I forgot to watch oh, it. You're doing pretty well, so you haven't seen it. <laughs> mm. I just read the IMDb pot synopsis. Yeah. I mean, that's what I usually do. Saves a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always yeah, do. All this film. bluffing yeah. about 1.5 times speed is just because I'm a quick reader. What did you think of Michael Doug- Michael Douglas's performance in this? Because I thought it was much better than in the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've I've started to really like him as an actor with this film. I want to see more stuff he's been in. Yeah. Well, I Michael Douglas like... considers this his favourite performance. So yeah, oh, it's all Maybe downhill from here. It's all it's all and falling his, down. And his hill. dad considers this to be his best performance. <laughs> this is it. He had quite a this few was roles actually, after this. Ironically, so... his peak. Yeah, this was his peak. Oh, I can't believe it. And then it. afterwards he it would so start terrible to fall in down. Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah. I feel, yeah, it was definitely better than in the game, but, like, his character was, in a way, kind of similar, because uh, he, like, in the game, he's obviously just trying to end this and understand what's going on, and this, he's just the whole time trying to return home, uh, so, um, I guess there were kind of similarities there, but I, I definitely think that 
yeah, it was this. Well, I mean, I can't really compare it to much else because I haven't seen him in many other films, but I I did like it. Yeah, he. You you either like really good or really terrible at playing a character having a mental breakdown. Uh, you can't really be okay at it. Um, yeah, he was he was one of the good ones. Was uh, he was the bad ones? I have to think. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was this. There was this. There was this movie I watched with uh watched with my partner that was just terrible. Um. And it was supposed to have a character with a mental breakdown. I'll think of it before the episode ends. I will hold up the mm. mountain of stuff you clearly want to talk about first. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> this is why what I think figured it'd be good to have a structure. <laughs> what did you think of the um, cinematographer? Uh, it was alright. I thought it re- it was really like outstanding in the first five minutes, but then kind of yeah. like tapered off. I yeah, was... I didn't really notice it. I liked it more with the scenes with um Michael Douglas in, like the the stuff when he's kind of confronted by that those people uh when he's got when he like takes the guns off them and stuff. I liked it there, but um. I think with like the other characters, it was just kind of average, and like I didn't notice it that much. Yeah, it was serviceable. Yeah. Mm. How about the music? I didn't really, didn't notice, really notice that. Really it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> An interesting thing that I found is that there were complaints the film was racist and also anti-white. <laughs> So therefore, it hates everyone. So this movie yeah. leaves no one unhated. But I thought the point of like the racist stuff was that, um, like you're not meant to, like he's meant to be shown as completely rational, and he's not necessarily meant to be shown as like fully supporting these things. He's just kind of insane at that point and kind of uh um i don't know i felt like it was more of like just a a wider attack on not race or anything like that just i don't know like just society in general i guess like the, the there are definitely part <laughs> there are definitely parts of this were like anti-capitalist i felt but i i never felt that because obviously the the bit with the the nazi he um he's kind of out of his depth in that scenario and he uh he's never really shown to fully support those beliefs i felt i mean the only other thing i can think of is like that one throwaway line where um the the girl who was with the gang was being interviewed and was like uh saying it was a white guy and the police were like no no you're lying you're lying but i'd say that's more anti-police yeah I mean, I guess the... I think it used the race stuff to comment on other issues. Yeah, I'd I'd say that it... I wouldn't say the movie's like anti-police, but I'd say it definitely brings up some like questions as to like the effectiveness of it because, like, for example, like when the uh, 
when the wife's like calling uh her local police department and being like my husband is threatening me and is gonna come and uh like attack me and my daughter on her birthday they're just like no you know you're just being hysterical uh yeah, and then like yeah. obviously in the uh i've forgotten his name now the main police guy's uh department yeah he's he's shown to be like one of the only like effective ones and the others are just kind of like joking around and not really taking things seriously because uh, he works behind a desk ben so therefore he's terrible yeah Grr. yeah because i think he was presented as uh I guess, like, his retirement might be symbolic of, like, um, as you were saying, kind of the deterioration in the police force. Because I think throughout he was kind of shown to be more, um, like, genuinely, despite the fact that this was, like, his last day, he genuinely wanted to solve this. And uh, there were obviously a lot of kind of distractions and people telling him to stop, most notably probably his wife. But uh, I think that the fact that... um. I just like like the the police in general were probably you know presented as a bit incompetent and a bit uh like selfish, especially with the dealing of um Michael Douglas's wife uh and like not really fully enforcing the yeah um, that was that was kind of awful and the 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 third policewoman was just like, oh well. Uh, the only thing you can really do is uh, next time you have a vote on uh, how many police cars there are, say say you should we should have more. Ha oh, have, a, yeah. have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, my my ex husband is gonna come and murder us. Please. <laughs> nah. Nah. You're just being hysterical. Vote. Oh, he's gonna come kill you today. We'll wait for. Six months, and then you'll be able to vote for more police. You should do yeah. that. Oh yeah. What do you actually think his like intention was, or do you think he actually had one when he got there? Because obviously, when he uh, um goes to like that the other house, was it like a plastic surgeon's house? And he's uh, yeah, he's kind of going on about this ideal situation where he'll arrive and everything will be happy and like return to normal. And when he's enters and he's watching the those old recordings he's kind of um i think that's when he kind of gets that epiphany that it's not all so brilliant as he imagines it and uh you know he starts to realize that he has his own issues and he's kind of the one that is being destructive in their life and they're kind of spoiling his daughter's um birthday but I I definitely don't think he wanted to kill them but I don't really know if he actually had a motive there or if he just wanted to I don't know I guess see her and uh, kind of hope for the best. I feel like his motive changed as the movie went along as he when he first snapped I don't think he wanted to but then as he got more and more violent it might have kind of gone to his head and then when he phoned up his wife and was like you know, in South America, it's still legal to kill your wife. Oh, maybe it would have then, but I feel like as the movie went along, and obviously when you saw the those um, VHS tapes of like him with his wife and his daughter, and saw that it's it's not just this perfect relationship with them because it was actually him who was 
had issues and was kind of mentally ill. I feel like at that point he just lost what he was going to do. So when he arrived, he, he still kind of wanted to have that perfect moment like where he was hugging his wife and kissing her and like um, went up to his daughter and was, said hi. But then after that, I don't think he was actually going to kill his wife. Um, no. I feel like he just didn't know what to do. Um, and then obviously that kind of all just came to a climax when he decided to just kill himself because he figured he was a bad influence on his daughter's life and the best thing he could do for her was just kind of stay away. And he didn't want to deal with that, so he fell yeah. down. He did. He did fall down. I'm gonna keep pointing but, that out. But I mean that you do real like the the last parts of the film where you see her his daughter like having to you know it's her birthday and like her friends have come around and you start of, and then the the police officer's like oh yeah tell her tomorrow and you start to realize well this you know for him it's still selfish this because he's kind of um taken the best alternative kind of for him to just ignore it by killing himself and not having to deal with the consequences but for her uh you saw you saw that like i mean obviously like that childhood naivety when he returns and she's like oh look it's daddy and then she's like his wife has kind of got to she can't really lash out there and then because of her but then when you start to see like the effects that it'll have on his child, um, you kind of that. I think that's when the your sympathy for um, defense is like is is lowest. It's fallen all the way down. Yeah, it's fallen all the way down. It has. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I've remembered what the the the, the film was. Uh, Deadly Illusions. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the main actor was, but uh, her pulling off a mental breakdown was awful. Oh. Oh yeah, is that the new Netflix one? Yeah. Or something? Oh, it's terrible. I might recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, because I feel like he Michael Douglas was able to do that well without them, uh, like dealing the, like without them dealing too much with his character. Because obviously there was a there was quite a lot going on with like the subplots of trying to hunt him down. Whereas if you compare it to kind of other films where you see that mental deterioration, it's kind of more just focused on the protagonist whereas i felt like this was able to just show that breakdown in specific moments rather than kind of showing this uh continuous um like mental collapse it was more like um his like irrational reaction to a lot of these moments that you also kind of see uh as being an ongoing problem when you like when you kind of understand the reasons for the divorce and stuff. Hmm. How did you think this movie held up to Joel Schumacher's later film, Batman and Robin? 
Mm, I don't know. I'd say Batman and Robin's just a classic, you know. It's just I know. So good. <laughs> Is it okay? A thing actually about the film, you know, when his glasses crack. I swear yeah. they have like a W, and he's called William. But I wasn't sure. It looked because looking at back at other photos, it looks like there were more cracks. But I, there's kind of a W shape. <laughs> that was probably just a coincidence. Time to bust out another trivia fact I've got. So his uh, his actual name is William Foster, or as he likes to be called, Bill Foster. And guess who's a character? in another Michael Douglas film, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's right, Bill <gasps> Foster. Whoa. Coincidence? I I've, think got, so. I've got a bit of trivia. <laughs> I've got a bit of trivia. On, the the, the two bags... The two bags he's carrying represent the two sides of his personality. Yeah. Ooh. So, the briefcase is, is original, normal life, and then the gym bag is his reckless naughty <sighs> life and then he leaves the the good and then he bag leaves and says the he doesn't need it anymore that's the point and of also, no return the the more black he wears the more naughty he is that's racist get out <laughs> no but it's no that's true though because he ends up like dressed like gi joe doesn't he yeah look i'm just reading the idb trivia okay yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of those of the two bags. Yeah, that was smart. I I didn't pick up on that. No, neither. <laughs> so well done that with that one IMDb user. Yeah, I I love how like um IMDb trivia or like I'll occasionally go on like r slash movie details and stuff. Like these people notice like really obscure things that just you look at and you go, oh yeah. But then, when you're watching the film, I can't think of one occasion where I've found anything cool like that in a film. Yeah. And, and sometimes, though, on the movie details, thing, it's like, at the end of the film, Michael Douglas's character falls down. This is a subtle oh, reference to the name of the film, Falling Down. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, I, I bet a lot of these people probably watch, notice things like this on like their fifth viewing or something. And with a film that's like... As old as this, it's it's probably difficult to come up with new like discoveries of stuff that people haven't already realised. Yeah, yeah, but they'll do that with new releases as well. Like you'll check yeah. IMDb after, like two days after a film's come out, and it's like already filled with trivia. It's filled with goofs as well. How do you notice goofs the first time round? Like unless it's probably just really coincidence. Hmm. It'll just be someone just randomly notices it. Just one like neck beard that goes into every film to find the goofs. Not even that, you might just notice them by accident. A lot of people watch films. Really? Do. I thought it was just us. Yeah. Yeah. We're the only movie podcast. Oh, no, yeah. see, because I'm a special guest, I do other things, so I know that other people watch films. Other do other things? Films. I know, you know just... it's crazy. You don't just devote your life to entertainment of excellence. I can't believe you. We're having so, Lewis Tree on. I know. You seriously think you're going to get promoted from special guest if you don't think <sighs> about the, the podcast 24-7? I'm sorry. 
Lewis G, send us an email, right. we'll make you a special guest. Please. I used to respect you on this podcast, but your reputation is truly falling down. Am I not economically viable? No, you're not. Hashtag... All the monetization that we have, you, you don't contribute to it. Hashtag Tom is over party. Okay, let's let's wrap this this stuff up and uh, give ratings. That's what we do here because we are the only it movie is. podcast. The only one. The only people that watch movies. We are. Exactly. That's why Apart people that listen one to us. That noticed the the bag thing. That's the only other person that's seen this film or yeah. any film, in fact. Well. This website definitely needs updating desperately. I keep putting it off. I'm gonna go... Pi 7's at least... I don't think it's quite 8 level. Damn, that's high. <laughs> mm. uh, I'm gonna... I was looking through... It seems like all the ratings I was making sure it was about the same as for me and less than for other stuff means that this movie is going at a 7.5. I think I'm going to go 7.7. Uh, 7. uh, <gasps> I'll go in the middle, 7.6. Oh! Falling down. <laughs> that gives it the exact rating as the IMDb one. Hold on us. Wait, on. what? <laughs> Just to be clear, this was genuinely a coincidence. We didn't just, like, read the IMDb description and then give the IMDb rating. We did actually watch this film. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you watch this film? Yeah, I'm the only you, person hey, that ever watches you films. Oh, well. oh, I thought you watched um, Batman Forever. Oh, I... Yeah. That's Joel Schumacher. I watched uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't think that's Joel Schumacher. No, but it's Michael Douglas. Oh. And it does have Bill Foster in it, so... Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, there is a submission spotlight section, which nobody ever submits anything to. Uh... Send in your work of media or something like a short film or story or whatever you want us to review. We'll review it and we're happy to have you on in the podcast to talk about it. In fact, we'll, we'll, if, you, if you even like hint that you're interested, we'll practically be on your door begging you because <laughs> we haven't had one for well, how many episodes now? Like fucking 20 or something. <laughs> Please, and we're also we're also stuck on twenty YouTube subscribers, none of whom seem interested in watching. Given our last episode got four views in seven days, all four of which were probably Ollie doing the timestamps. So, <laughs> subscribe to us on YouTube. It's probably better not to follow us on social media, given we never post on there. But if you want to, <laughs> at EOV Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Which is actually slightly more active because Ollie does that one. So yeah. Yeah. The, if you want to 
get an update about the episode like once every five episodes, then follow us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Selling the podcast well here. Hell yeah. Here and we, we also are. have a website, entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com, and a mailing list which has long since been abandoned. <laughs> <gasps> yes. Jerry, yes. <laughs> I want to sign up for that. Oh, I yeah. already have signed up. That's useful. Yeah, I, I hope I can have. get up-to-date recommendation lists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> up-to-date. All the way up to episode 20. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, is, it, is it recommendations time? It is recommendations it time. Is. That's good, because I've got no recommendations. <laughs> All I can do is... How do you have no give... recommendations? Because I because I listened to Ollie's recommendations, Ben. Bro. As an oh, avid fan you. of the E of E podcast, I wanted to see what Ollie had recommended and then see if I can give it the Tom seal of approval. The Tom seal. Um, seal of the, oh. the Shaquille seal. The Tom Shaquille seal of approval. Well, which so, did you watch then? I watched Nomadland. That got a very large... Tom Shaquille O'Seal of approval, and I watched Invincible, and that got a very large Shaquille O'Tom. It got Shaquille O'Tom. It got a thing. It went bonk. Good watch. Yes. Good. Ollie, well done. Yeah, I'll get around to watching those then. <laughs> yeah, you should, Ollie. Yeah. I think well, you'd like them. Uh, tell you what, I'll take up some time and I'll tell you about. Uh... Deadly Illusions, which was that awful film. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really recommending you don't watch it because, because you know, on the podcast we we give everything from one to ten, and if it's something like Birdemic, we don't just rate it one because of its objective quality. Because like Alicia Birdemic, you can have a laugh, like it's enjoyable because of how bad it is. We only gave it five because it was ten enjoyment, one uh, one quality. This is Deadly Illusions, and this is, like, I don't know, somewhere between one and two. It's, it's genuinely just a bad film. It has, it has kind of good production quality, but it's just such a bad, like... Okay, so the, so the plot is basically, you know, like, a kind of standard psychological horror plot where it's like, something happens and then... Oh, is 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 she going insane, or is it real? Which is usually done like quite well. It, it's it's kind of hard not to at least have something that's like entertaining as a one-off watch with stuff like that. Um, but no, they they managed to mess this one up badly. It's just the plot's convoluted and. The, you don't understand what's happening. You can't really empathize with any of the characters. All of the acting is just so dry and bland. Like nobody wants to be in it. Then there reaches a point where you there's a, you reach a point where you don't know what's going on, but not in like the the cool. Ooh, is it real or is it made up? Is she, is she going insane? No, it's you just genuinely don't know what's happening, and then you get confused because of that. Uh, 
it's, it's generally, genuinely one of the worst films I've seen in the past, like, two or three years. So, yeah, don't wow. go and watch it. Are you flattering That's a great recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go go watch it now. Uh, Any recommendations, Ollie? Oh, actually, uh, I might have a genuine oh. recommendation while, while I'm on it. Uh, nice. So... Ben's making uh, up for the our special guest who got no recommendations, honestly. Well, can't. you cut my recommendation short last week as well. Yeah, well, shut up. Well, yeah. So, well, I just remembered, like, while we're on uh, psychological horror films, there's the new um, Woman in the Window film on Netflix uh, that I ended up watching. It it was good. When you say new, it. isn't it from the fifties? No, no, it's from twenty twenty one. What it's am I got, thinking of? It's got Anthony Mackie in it. Oh. And Amy Adams. Um, like yeah, oh yeah, that one. There's, I don't know if I'm being controversial. About there's it. one in nineteen forty four. That's oh, what maybe, I'm thinking of. <laughs> maybe it's a remake. I think Anthony Mackie's a very good actor, personally. Oh. Yeah, there's Sorry. one from the forties. Oh damn. That's what I'm thinking of. It's, it's got a 5.7 uh, on IMDb, but I mean, it's not like the greatest film I ever watched, but I'd say like maybe a bit high in the, in the, in the like sixes. It's, uh, it's a solid watch. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, you can't really say much about it without like spoiling it. It's again, a kind of take on the, is she, is she going insane or is it real, uh, trope? And it does it, it does it quite well. Um, but there are bits that get a bit confusing, but it kind of pulls it all together in the end. The performances are all really good. Um, the main the the main uh, protagonist uh, is a psychologist who is um, agoraphobia, so she can't leave her house without like having a breakdown. Um, so there's it's sort of she sees stuff going on outside her window, but she can't do anything about them because she's confined to her house. So that that's kind of an interesting take on it. Um, I'm not sure I'd like watch it again, but it was it was a good watch. You should go watch it. I'm saying the word watch a lot. I'm not currently watch. wearing a watch, but I am watching the oh. time, and we have still got 15 minutes left. So, Ollie, tell Shall us I? what you watched. Uh, I mean, I've also got a recommendation of something I watched. But uh, first of all, we uh, speaking of psychological films, we all also watched Taxi Driver this week. Oh, yeah. oh, I could have said that as a. Oh, you can't. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh. At the oh, do I get to steal it? Yeah, we saw Taxi Driver. Do you get to Shaquille it? Taxi Driver at the cinema. Yeah, um, you can Shaquille it. I've got something else to go ahead. Uh, oh. Yes. Um, it, it was. Tom's not recommending first. What it was still. I've. It still felt like pretty impactful, and the character. I mean, I guess it's got a similar kind of thing to falling down with, person spiraling into violence. Except this is less of a normal person. <laughs> he was never a normal person. Was Travis Bickle, um, and it's it's pretty. Uh, scary. Like Robert De Niro's performance is great. Uh, in portraying this like extremely lonely man who's just fully gone off the rails um and 
yeah, it's good Martin Scorsese film. And the soundtrack oh. is vibing. The jazz. Oh. I mean, it's basically one track, but that one track is just a bop. So you don't <laughs> mind that it repeats like five times throughout the film. Exactly. I wouldn't have cared if it just played throughout the whole thing. Yeah, just yeah. like two hours of that one track. Uh, yeah. So, I wish it um, was. I've got a recommendation. Uh, okay. <gasps> I do. What is it? It's uh, The Handmaiden. Ooh. Um, Ooh. So, it's a South Korean film, and uh, it's difficult to give a, like a plot synopsis without giving too much away, because um, basically... Uh, well, I'll read out the IMDb says that a woman is hired as a handmaiden to a Japanese heiress, but uh, secretly she is involved in a plot to defraud her, which um, is is like, there's basically three parts to this film. And the first one, you kind of get the perspective of one of the characters. And there's a big twist at the end of the first part. And then it um, gives like a perspective of another one. And you sort of start to realize in you start to realize that different characters are like working together, um, and there's like different alliances forming throughout, uh, and they all have quite similar like goals and motives. But um, there's like a lot of like deception and um, twists throughout that uh, really keep you on edge and um, just like. I mean, I haven't seen a great deal of Korean cinema, but it's uh, like something like Paris. Like the visuals and cinematography are really stand out. Uh, it's got a really unique way of storytelling. I think the the script is very tight, despite the fact that it's two and a half hours. Um, and I, I think that uh, it's just a really interesting story. I think it's adapted from a book, but. Um, it's definitely one that you you never you never bored. It's like consistently engaging throughout, just because of all the different twists and the fact that the way that all the different characters and different story points kind of uh, are related. And um, I think that it's a really good film, so I'd recommend that. I also watched um, on Disney Plus. They released. Uh, I think they've released the second episode now, but. I watched the first episode of uh, Marvel's new show, Modoc, uh, which is... The first episode was all right. It's not, like, amazing, but um, it's it's fine. Like, it, it's quite funny, I guess, but it's it's not, like... It won't blow you away. I, I don't know about the second episode, but it's not getting great reviews. It's just kind of average. And I've also... Uh, Started watching Breaking Bad, which I'm really enjoying as well. Good, nice, cheeky. Yeah. Just uh, so yeah, the handmaiden gets Ollie Shaquille seal of approval. I wonder if it'll get. Oh. Damn. Depends if I watch it. Will do. Otherwise, mm. you will be kicked off the podcast. Oh no. How do I watch it, Ollie? Uh, on a little site called Netflix. I've not heard of it. Oh, um, in that case, you can go to Korea and watch it there. Uh, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. 
that sounds no, easy. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Nice. Cool. What are we going to do next week then? What are we going to do next week? Um, we're going to do. Just going to arbitrarily make a decision again. Okay, well, can we literally just one of us close our eyes and pick something off the list? All right, I'll do. Um, okay. What, what if I just pick a different one? What if I say we're doing Mitchells versus the Machines? No. You have to add it to the. You have to add it to right. Add it to the bottom of the list. And then that might be the. the no, I might not do it though. Well, I'll do it then. <laughs> I'm just going to put M, even though right, that's okay. a different film. But right, I'm scrolling. I'm, film, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I know, but I I'm scrolling up it. and down. Okay, I've closed my eyes. Tell me when to go. You're going to just oh. end up on exiting the factory. <laughs> go. Can we do USSR Lord of the Rings? Tell me, tell me when, tell me when to stop. Go, go. Marini's Black Bottom. Oh, that's that's an alright choice, actually. Yeah, well done, Ben. So sad I didn't hit M. All right, Marini's Black Bottom. We're doing that next week, whatever that is. Cool. It was like a the Chadwick Boseman one. Yeah. Cheeky. Right, well, I guess we're ending five minutes early then. Go uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, please. You don't have to do anything else. Please. I'll... I can't give you money, but I'll give you... next week's episode. Subscribe, please. Thank you. Alright, see ya. Alright, see ya.